Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody. Sunday Smash. There's my man, Ira Chaffel. I see him right there. Cheers. By the way, yeah, I'm ready, buddy. I'm cheers. Let's, let's do it. Season. This is a uh, Founders Porter. Uh, it's Porter season. It's awfully chilly outside. Of course, it's been overcast all night, all day, really. And uh, I'm ready to uh, sit back, relax, and contemplate what it all means. Uh, you know, it's that time of year. It's the end of a regular season. And first of all, Thanks to all of you who are tuned in right now to watch the Sunday Smash, and we'll get to some of your comments here in a moment. As I said, there's my man, Irish Chaffel, and uh, of course, uh, we'll get you. If there, it, Listen, it's been an interesting Sunday. What a weird sports day. Uh, yeah. So much news breaking, so anything new that happens, we'll let you know. Florida's got a new coach, it looks like, and Oklahoma's got to find a coach, and uh, USC's got a new coach. So it's going to be fun. Um, at the same time, I think we all look back on what was a disappointing ending to a season that involved uh, some moments of uh, despair, but also some uplifting moments and encouraging elements that we think uh, are going to lead to, you know, successes in the future. I guess, Ira, you've had 24 hours, we all have, to kind of contemplate what it means. I would invite everybody to go to warchant.com to read all the latest uh, from Ira and Corey and Austin and Tom and everything else that we present. Of course, tomorrow, the Jeff Cameron show right now, the Sunday smash and wake up war chant in the morning. So there's so much going on right now yeah. uh, that you want to subscribe to warchant.com. But um, I think this is going to be one of the more interesting off seasons because of all that's going on. And because of what this season represented, um, there's a lot of good, a lot of things to be excited about and some things that they really have to get better at period. I thought, you know, Ira real quick, you and I haven't spoken since the end of the game. Um, I watched your great coverage and I read everything you had to say and, and certainly saw you and Corey after the game. Um, you know, I, as disappointing as it was, um, those are two bad football teams on Saturday. That much was evident. Uh, and it was a reminder also that Florida State is just not there talent-wise. Florida was the more talented team. Uh, Florida was the better team. Uh, I thought that Florida probably should have blown Florida State out. Um, if, if, you, if Emory Jones doesn't start, Florida does blow Florida State out. Uh, in my opinion. Um, so, so it just reminded me of how much better they got to get. They have although, to get better. Although I would say Richardson, I mean, coming into the game, I think he had five touchdowns and five picks, something like that, or 10 touchdowns and five picks, right. whatever it was. I mean, he threw a lot of interceptions as well. It's not like he, um, 
you know, they managed the game well when they got their short fields. He got the, the benefit of coming in and having to go 20, 30 yards to get 10 points uh, because yeah. of FSU special teams mistakes. I don't know if either of those quarterbacks for Florida would have been able to consistently drive them 70, 70 plus yards and punch it in for touchdowns. Um, so I think Florida, from that standpoint, the disappointing thing is, you know, I think Florida would have given Florida State the game at some point, but Florida State was busy giving the game away as well. And uh, to, to, to the point you were making, you know, it was too bad football teams. I guess the disappointing thing, if I'm Mike Norvell, is if, if Florida State just plays a smart, clean game, I think they win that game because I think Florida, Florida would have self-destructed as they were trying to do in the first half. But Florida State got into all the nonsense, all the chippiness. It kind of got them out of um, just playing disciplined football. And that's what – I mean – that you you kind of played Florida you played to Florida's game you 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 got into that nonsense and I get it man it's hard if somebody's trying to provoke you and they're uh, trying to kind of bring you to that level a lot of times it's easy to go there but I, I really thought that was where the game was lost in my opinion I thought they were more physical than Florida State uh, yeah. I also thought they were uh, a, a, a deeper team it looked like to me yeah from um, just I'm sorry just to to address your first point no doubt that, I mean that Florida's a a more talented yeah. More physically developed team, and there's a reason for that. They've had the same coaching staff for four years. They've been building recruiting classes and getting transfers. Florida State's been shuffling lineups now for the last three or four years because of all the coaching turnover. There's no question. And I talked to several uh, people who were down on the field before the game and during the game, and they all said it was stark, the difference. I'm oh. just I'm just saying there's a reason Florida's was five and six coming into the game. They will, as talented as they are, they screw up, and they will screw up. Uh, Florida State just didn't play a clean enough game to allow them to do that. But yeah, no question, Florida's got a way more talent than Florida State does. Yeah, that that's my point. I think we agree on this. I I, I think Florida's a, obviously it's in a state of disarray. So you could have won the game, um, but they they've got way better players and, right. and they're and they're and they're a lot bigger and stronger in a lot of areas. And uh, you know, if Emory Jones doesn't just continually throw the ball erratically, I. I Florida probably wins comfortably, but he is a terrible quarterback and they did start him. So, you know, it, it counts for something to be there and make the play. Um, I do think, you know, it just, it's, it's just a stark reminder uh, that they, they've got to have this class. They've got to get this recruiting class and they've got to do well in the, in, in the uh, transfer portal. You know, I, I think they really do have to do, they've got to see their well, see, in my opinion, they've maximized what they had in a lot of ways. Uh, Florida state did. Uh, they maximized – once they figured out to stop bullshitting with the quarterback situation, then they figured out who they were, they played to an identity, and then they they were able to, you know, establish something um, that they could fall back on. And they won – they you know, they won the games they could win. Um, but they're just so lacking um, in, in talent at a lot of areas. And so, you know, we knew that. We knew that at the start of the season. We knew that when we were in camp. We did talk about that we're going to have to overcome some things. I like this team. I think they're a likable team. I'll tell you what, though, Ira, if I'm like Norvell right now, uh, not only do I, you know, get on that flight in the morning and uh, and, and make my way to, to, to shake hands and kiss babies and make sure I get this recruiting class summed up or hemmed up, um, I got some serious looking in the mirror to do about these special teams. Uh, th this is – it's inexcusable. It's embarrassing. Uh, it, yeah. it cost you the game in a lot of ways here on Saturday. Uh, in addition to the fact that they lost composure, uh, there's no excuse for a team to go this far into the season, like the whole season and never be any better on special teams. They can't find anybody to catch the ball. Everybody who does catch the ball is scared to death to catch it. 
So whatever you said to them didn't work. I actually had an um, interesting conversation, man, with somebody today. Um, I won't say who they are because uh, right. they didn't say it was okay to have this conversation. But somebody uh, with, with you know major college experience, and uh, they made a good point. You know, nobody really returns punts like they used to because of the the new style of punting, the rugby style of punting. It's it's so much harder to return punts. Plus, you know, punters are smarter now. If you don't rush, if you don't come to block it, they'll take two or three seconds or however long they need. Yeah. before they punt to give the coverage units time to get down there. They never used to do that back in the day. So those, for all those reasons, it's so hard now to get a punt return. Well, maybe instead of going to, and I, I, I would have asked this of Norvell six weeks ago or uh, 10 weeks ago, if I thought of it, instead of going with these guys who you think are dynamic punt returners, these guys who are athletes, how about going for dudes who catch will it. catch it and be smart and be tough? Like if you found, if you had a guy that just you're not worried about returning at 60 yards, just I'm going to be fearless. I'm going to catch him. I'm going to make the smart decision whether to catch it or let it go, and I'm going to be tough and I'm and I'm going to be a sure-handed cat. That's in today's football the way those guys punt now. To me, that should be the way to go. Stop messing around with these guys who you think can break one because that seems to be the prerequisite for who they put at that position right now. So I, I think that's a valid idea. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it. It's clearly something, you know, I watched. There was a great example, the juxtaposition in this game where Florida's guy had a chance to just catch the ball, and he just casually caught it. And How about the way how how the way you said that? Yeah. It was like it was me and you throwing the ball two yep. feet away. Like, so you ooh. noticed it? Yes. It was so smooth and just oh. like, okay. And it's like he's yeah. not fighting it. He's no. Not- <laughs> Dude, he, he didn't even care. He was pissed he couldn't return it. Yes. He he wasn't worried about catching it. He was mad that he couldn't. He he just was he was like yep. just tossed it to the ref. Our guys are like, no, the whole <laughs> time that it's coming. It's like, no, 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 no. It's the kid that gets put out in the outfield late. In oh, the game don't hit it to me. Don't, don't hit it to me. Don't hit it to me. Don't hit it yeah. to me. Yeah. It's it's the kid that, you know, because you know, it's the early years, you got to play everybody. So you put him in and he's like, Oh my God, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Oh, of course it's hit right to me. Yeah. That's us <laughs> trying to catch a ball. Thanks, Blake. Appreciate your contributions, man. Thanks, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's just, it's disappointing because they care deeply about special teams and they were so bad on special teams. And, you know, I give this coaching staff high marks on the year. But I'm not afraid to say what we all know. That is embarrassing uh, to be that bad on special teams. And, you know, the whole – the so he's sick. First of all, the Florida kid, of course, gets off a 60-yard punt because right. are you kidding me? But he does. And then I'm watching our boy go back there. He's calling for a fair catch, insanely so. Uh, <laughs> there would never be a time in the world in which you would call for a fair catch on a 60 yard punt with nobody within 20 yards. of you. Well, nobody's on the screen. I mean, yeah. I know you're watching from the press box. I'm watching on TV. There's nobody on the screen. You've got like days, but he's so scared that he's calling for a fair catch going but, backwards. But don't you think, and I mean, we can move on from this, but don't you think he's, he makes the effort to go ahead and catch it because they've gotten so much shit for not yeah. catching punts. Sure. Like that was in his mind. That's, they're, that unit is so domed up. Oh, done. Done dealing. Done dealing. <laughs> um, hey, I did want to answer Blake. So he was asking about Dylan Gabriel because Dylan Gabriel went to the portal and yeah. should FSU look at him as a, as a depth guy, quarterback. I did. I mean, I do think we need to just discuss what we think they should do 
um, from a portal standpoint at quarterback. I mean, I, I think we've talked before, neither one of us feels like they need to go out and get a young hotshot that might scare off some other quarterbacks. But but is Gabriel, is that the kind of guy that maybe would be a, a solid, you know, potential backup or competition? Or would you want somebody of, of a different mold? Yeah. I, so here, you know, man, the, it's, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I also know the, uh, yeah, the UC, the, the, the well might be poisoned a little bit with, for, for issue with UCF transfer quarterbacks, especially, not the, in, especially injured ones. Yeah. yeah not, <laughs> not that McKenzie was a bad guy, but yeah, it's uh certainly didn't work out the way people were hoping. I'll read your question here in a second uh, or your uh, contribution there in a second, Jeremy, we do appreciate you. So I think it's a really complicated issue at quarterback Ira. Florida State is uh, near 80th in pass efficiency in the country. Um, they are a hundred and something in third down efficiency for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons, um, they're they're awful on third down. Uh, I I they're not. You've got a kid who's got a unique set of skills who I like a lot. Who is injury prone who also does some things exceptionally well, extraordinarily well. So it's a weird deal because he does what he does well, he does better than most anybody in the country. What he does poorly, he does poorly. They also don't have great receivers. Uh, they also don't block it up real well. Uh, right. So there are a lot of factors. It's a complicated issue. I think you can clearly, I think you can win with Jordan Travis, but you have to run a certain offense. And you have to, uh, I, I think you have to game plan uh, specifically for what he does exceptionally well. Uh, but I worry about doing something like that because it limits what you can do. And you're going to face some teams that can shut that down. And that's going to limit who you are. Uh, and I also worry that he's just so injury prone. I mean, it's the first time he gets sacked in this game. He's, he's hurt. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that sucks. He got hit from behind. It's a terrible whiff on the outside. But he's going to get hit the rest of his career. And what do you what do you do? I, I just it's a complicated issue. I do yeah. think you have to bring another quarterback in. Yeah, no, it is. It's definitely complicated. I mean, on the one hand, um, to your point that certain teams are going to be able to take things away what he does. Yeah, I agree to an extent. I also think it. It's all exacerbated when your offensive line just gets dominated the way they did in this game. The way yeah, Florida for, for beat the shit out of him physically. Yeah, I mean it's not even a it wasn't even a contest, and you know the same way against Clemson. And yeah. so when teams can just overwhelm you up front like that, and then your receivers don't scare anybody either. I mean it's, right. it's tough. Well, that's it's why I said it's complicated. That's why. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I I get. But there's this storyline though. I I want to address this. There's a storyline that I hate Jordan Travis and Corey thinks he's Jesus. Okay, so look. That neither of which is true, I don't think. I I, I don't I, I like Jordan Travis. First of all, I, I like the kid a lot. Secondly, I think he's gotten better as a player, but he's a lacking in a lot of areas. And can he get a lot better? Can he get appreciably better? Probably. But man, you do have to run things ex very specific for him right now. Um, and they don't have the receivers right now to do that. And golly, I just don't know. I, I would welcome competition. That's all I'm saying. On the question that Ron's making though, is, is, are you to some degree, and I'm sorry, the question for people that listen on the podcast is, would it be better to get a transfer QB that's more similar to Travis's skill set or traditional QB? Uh, you know, I think if you think Jordan Travis is 
the direction of this team in the near future, which I think they probably are because I don't know that they're going to have, unless they're presented with a quarterback who's like, like what they thought maybe they were getting in McKenzie Milton. Unless you're presented with an option of a guy who's a surefire, can't miss, pro-style quarterback that can do everything they want to do and has already played college football to where you're going to commit to making those changes, then I think you're better off getting another quarterback who I can agree play I kind of the that. way Jordan Travis is going to play. Um, I agree with that. Because then, you know, let them even compete. But I got the impression last night, the way Jordan Travis talked, if people haven't watched his post-game interview last night, uh, go back and watch it. And I know sometimes when there's other games going on that in the evening, uh, you move on. But yeah. you get a chance to go back and watch Jordan's interview after the game. He was clearly making almost like a stump, a campaign stump um, speech for him to be the leader of this team going into next year. And I don't think that's something he would do on his own. I think maybe the coaching staff has gone to him or Kenny Dillingham. Somebody is maybe, – maybe it's just his family or whoever, but somebody I think has gotten the message to him, hey, man, you need to be the leader of this team. And he even pointed out – he pointed out that during that game when they were down two or three scores – he, he pulled everybody together and kind of gave the motivational talk, which is not something Jordan Travis has ever done before. So he's trying to take that mantle. And I think it's because the, I do think the coaches want him to do that. So from that standpoint, I don't, unless they're presented with something just totally out of this world of a different style quarterback, I think he's, he's the presumptive favorite to win the job. And maybe you bring in somebody who could compete, but more so is likely the backup. That's what I would do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. I, it's such a complicated deal because I see people in the chat asking um, the question about when, when are we going to run the offense? So they're not running the offense. They ran at Memphis, uh, but they can't because they don't, it's not just Jordan Travis. No, they don't exactly. have everything else. So it, it really is sort of, as you transition, you can add more elements of what you want to run to the offense as you get better players and you can more consistently block it up and you get better at quarterback. And, you know, they need Jordan. So, listen, here's what I'll say about Jordan. Um, Jordan can be that leader. I like Jordan. Jordan's a tough kid. They seem to rally around him. They love that kid. Yeah. He makes plays. So, you know, it's not like he doesn't make plays. But I need him to be more consistent as a passer. I need him to be able to develop as a, po a pocket passer. Because then all the other aspects of what he does, it, it changes the whole game because now you can't pigeonhole him. Right now you can pigeonhole him. And you get third and long with this offense, unless he scrambles around and buys time and or runs for it, they're screwed. He's not going to make that throw. So, And they don't have the receivers for it, Ira, to your point. And, you know, so all of these things, I want Jordan to be the best version of Jordan. I need him to be a better passer. We thought in, in in camp that he looked a lot better, and then it took half the year for him to get even marginally better in the pocket. You know, he did a lot of things really well once he got healthy, but he's still not great in the pocket, and I need that to get a lot better because if he does that, he could be dynamic. He could be great. He could be right. great. And, and he has shown progress, and I also think that, you know, we're he would get a, another full year where, you know, again, the growth he made this year from last year is pretty impressive. So again, I just don't think you say, Oh, this is all he can be. There's potential for him to get better, but man, to the overall point, and, and I know a lot of people are bringing this up as well. It, they have to get better on the offensive line. It's not across the board. It's not like they've got to replace five guys. I think the, the, you know, I think you, Robert Scott can be a guy that can be a starting tackle. Um, yeah, I think he's got to get better though. Ira, he was not good right. this year. 
Yeah. But, but, you know, maybe dealing with the injury. And he's also young, yeah. a redshirt freshman. Maurice Smith, I think if he gets bigger, maybe he can be the guy. Got a lot um, bigger. Got to get a lot stronger. Uh, I, I think there's a couple guys on this roster that didn't play this year that could be a big difference, could could help them. And, and uh, man, obviously, if they can get some help in the portal, they need to do that. But one guy, man, if I was at Alex Atkins, and Alex Atkins is a, a thousand or a million times more about offensive line coaching than I ever will. But if you watch them at practice, if you look at their guys' body types, Lloyd Willis, who's a redshirt freshman, and you know, number 70, he looks like what it should look like. Like physically, yeah, he's six 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 seven, massive dude, athletic. He was a basketball player coming up. I mean, I, I know he was very raw when they signed him two years ago. Uh, but he's a guy that if he if they could, I'd spend every, if I was coaching that position, I'd spend every waking moment with that kid trying to get him to, to be able because he's a guy that can compete with those defensive ends. Like Florida State had no they 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 would have had to max protect to have any chance against. And they decide to go the other way. They try to go empty and try to yeah. so, so, spread them out. Yeah. And, it, and that didn't work either. Before the game, uh, Tom and I were talking. We did a, with a chat on Warchant. And uh, I said my biggest concern was that we can't block their ends. I, I, I went I went and deep dive Florida before we did that show uh, and really looked at some things. And I, I thought to myself, are you kidding me? This, this is going to be a problem. Like, we can't block them. Like, on the edges, we can't block them. And so I was really worried about that. And that came to fruition can't block them uh they again this was a stark contrast in talent the fact that it ended by 24 21 is is kind of stunning right uh, like what well, shows florida's, what a mess florida is i mean honestly. yeah i mean florida's talent should be they should be an 11 win team they should have lost to georgia and nobody else i mean that just shows you you're exactly right that's what happens when the culture sours that's what happens when the coaching's terrible that's because they've got players and they got right. players. That yeah. offensive line, that offensive line is legitimately good. And what what I was here, what we were hearing, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people were hearing this before they fired Mullen, was how bad the the culture was in terms of the players not listening to Mullen, not respecting the staff, kind of yeah. being checked out. And you saw that in the games they played leading up to this game. I think Florida State brought out the best in them early in this game. But if Florida State had taken advantage of those early opportunities, and if Jordan Travis hadn't gotten hurt. Something I mentioned in my three to one that I mean, I don't know if a lot of people really thought about, but F- Florida State's first five drives, three of them they didn't have Jordan Travis, and oh, that's was where huge. that was that point where Emory Jones is throwing the ball to FSU every possession. If if Jordan had been able to play in that first half, they might have been up seven fourteen points at halftime, and at that point Florida may check out. Uh, but so that that was something that really worked against them. But yeah, man, I I think that's a and the reason I bring all that up is. Billy Napier is going to have the same challenge when he gets there as he start, takes over that Mike Norvell did a year ago. Now he won't probably, probably won't have COVID and all that, but he's got to fix that culture and he's got to get those guys, guys to buy in. And he's not Bob Stoops coming in there. He's not uh, even Dan Mullen. I mean, Billy Napier is a, 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 an up and coming coach who's coaching at Louisiana. It's not like those kids at, in Gainesville are just going to bow down to Billy Napier from Louisiana. So he's got to earn their respect. And that, that, He's a good coach, but there's no there's no guarantee how that's going to work out, at least in the short term. That's correct, and I have to hope that it doesn't work out well because my fear is that was the right hire. Uh, I think Florida made the right hire. Uh, the one guy I've been talking about for two weeks, the one guy that I didn't want them to hire was Billy Napier. I think the world of that guy, um, I'm worried that they got him a good one. Now, to your point, 
there are good coaches who go places and don't succeed. Right. It happens. We this is a complicated business. We see this all the time. Uh, there are guys that come in places that have uh, the, the the most obvious uh, right now has has been at Nebraska. Um, you know, you got a guy who goes undefeated, undefeated with a nothing program, puts him on the map, and then goes to Nebraska, his alma mater, and Scott Frost, and and they won three games in year four. So, do I think Scott Frost can coach? I do, but it hasn't worked for whatever reason. Yeah, there it doesn't are always, always work. Right. Yeah, it doesn't always work. So Billy Napier is a really good coach, and I hate that they got him. I wish they would have hired somebody else, anybody else. I actually wanted them uh, to, to hire Kiffin because I don't think that would have worked. Um, but, but you know, the fact that they got him, we'll see. Now, you're right, though. He's got a lot to overcome. And this is where we have to strike. Florida State has to strike. Florida State has an opportunity here. Norvell has established a new culture. I think if you want to if you want to invest in what you feel good about here, listen, it's a disappointing end to a to an otherwise nothing season, but I do think he flipped the culture. There's no question. They the Florida State and and it was on it was on display again yesterday. They should have been blown out. At 24 to 7, this game's a wash. And the next thing you know, they're an onside's kick away, one of the worst onside's kicks you'll ever see in the history of football. They're an onside's kick away from having an opportunity to tie the game, if not win it. And that doesn't happen if you don't have a whole lot of fucking what for. And you don't have a whole lot of I ain't quitting. And who established that? This new staff. And I I wonder, there's a question that uh, Matthew Sims asked, which specific players at FSU were part of the bad culture in the locker room. I don't think it was that. I I don't think it was they had a bunch of bad kids. It was they had bad leadership over the course of four or five Terrible years. Terrible leadership. You know, the last couple of years that Jimbo was here when he was trying to go to LSU and then he ended up going to AM. He didn't want to be here anymore. His staff didn't really, I mean, the the, coach, the strength conditioning staff everything was, yeah. was falling apart in terms of accountability. That The reason the APR is as bad as it is, the academic progress rate, everything was cratering and Jimbo was trying to get out of here. That's why he left. And then you bring in Willie Taggart, who was went in the other direction, tried to be you know, everybody's buddy and try to kind of love on them and get them to, I mean, it, so I don't, it wasn't any specific players. There might've been some kids who were bad dudes, but mostly it was a lack of leadership and, and, uh, and Norvell, like you, you said, I mean, they, they have fixed that. Now, if you can get better players to me, that's, that's, the, get better players. that's the building block. Yeah. But that's not going to win you 10 games, 12 games. It's not going to, you have to get better players to go with that. So, you and I were talking about this before the year began. And I, you know, I was appalled when I walked out there and I say appalled, listen, man, I, these kids are all more talented than I could ever dream of being. I, I, I want people to understand that. But when we walked out there to camp, man, I thought, where are the players? Where are the players? They don't have any good players. And I know that's an over simplification, but it's not what it should look like. It's not what it should, and that's man, and then you're not the only one. I had a there's a former player that we both. I was know stunned. Who, I, I was stunned. There's a former player that we both know who who came by practice uh, recently during this season, and uh, that was the first thing he said to me was, you know, man, I'm I'm not I don't know how they're doing what they're doing because you know they don't have size, they don't have players. Good point. So so my point like that I've made with people that I run into, we, we start talking, you know, you, you're out and about, whatever, you're at the grocery store, you're running into somebody that want to talk football, which is awesome. You're talking, you know, I'm like, hey, listen, you do understand, like, they're not any good. 
Like that always strikes people as something weird to say, right? I'm like, you do realize they're not any good. They don't have players. They can't. So they maximize, in my opinion, they maximize their talent for the most part. The Jacksonville State game, certainly that is the ruination of the season. Right. They would have already won six games if they hadn't lost that game. It's a blight on their resume. There's no getting around that. They're not perfect. They've made mistakes. I'm not trying to say that this is the greatest coaching staff of all time. They made mistakes yesterday. Yeah. They made mistakes yesterday. They made mistakes in general. But I would say, on you know, on the whole, as I'm fond of saying, it's a verbal crutch. Sorry. Uh, I do believe that uh, they maximized post game four. And maybe even, you know, listen, that's unfair because they maximized game one. Notre Dame may make the college football playoff. And Florida State lost in overtime to that team. You know, you look at that Clemson team. Ira, that team won 10 games. They have way more talented players. Yeah. They just got done blowing South Carolina out 30 to nothing. Florida State was three minutes away from winning on the road. Right. I believe, yeah. So I do believe Florida State maximized once they figured out what they had and what they could and could not do. I feel like they maximized what they had, which is a good sign. Um, you know, people have asked, would you make some changes on the coaching staff? Maybe if I could guarantee that I had a guy that, that, that was, uh, demonstrably or appreciably better, that was better in areas that I'm concerned about. Sure. And by the way, there are some areas I'm concerned about. Um, but I don't know that that's out there. You got to talk to the puppeteer, which is Jimmy Sexton. You got to figure out who's going where, because right now all these coaches go in different places. Right. Jimmy Sexton's deciding who goes where. Well, and there's, and there's two parts to that. One is, to me, I mean, a, a huge part of his recruiting. And, you know, if, if there's an assistant coach out there who you know can get you players because there's a certain part of the country where he's just – he's the, he's the plug, he's going to get you players. And then you can get – that's one reason you might make a change. Or if somebody's just not getting it done, there is risk to making changes to your staff though as well. There's mm-hmm. continuity things. There's guys you can't necessarily trust sometimes. So there's, and then they they may have to make changes cause they may get rated a little bit. Uh, but no, I think that's going to be interesting. Hey, uh, I did want to shout out DJ Chaz 904 here, who apparently is a Gator uh, cause he's got a Gator uh, uh, avatar, avatar, but he's, he's given uh, Jordan Travis a shout out for battling like a warrior. He got hurt and battled hard, gave it all respect. And I did want to, we had, we didn't really talk a ton about that, but I did want to mention that, you know, that he did get banged up. Um, but he also was willing to go and take whatever shot they gave him in the lot because he came out with a Band-Aid on his arm and uh, was able to throw it. I'm sure that it was just some sort of you know numbing agent or something. But, man, give that kid credit because he could have packed it in. He knew what was on that defensive line. He knew who was trying to block him, and he he said, yeah, man, I'll take it. I'll go back out there. And uh, I, you know, got to give him respect for that, man. I do think that was a, a big – and it's cool that a, a UF fan wanted to uh, give him a shout-out for it. Yeah, Craig, you're also wrong, by the way. Jacksonville State beating Florida State is humiliating and a terrible loss for Florida State, but there are countless examples of coaches, including Nick Saban, losing at home to Louisiana Monroe and others uh, who have lost huge games uh, against terrible teams that had no business beating them, and they went on to have great success. Uh, It's a bullshit, uh, simple, surface-level argument that you're making, as usual. Um, But but the comment here about – the catch uh, Pokey Wilson made was awesome. And it was a great catch. It was a big, huge catch. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of plays like that. The problem is they're, it's not consistent. And it's also 
they have to be great catches because they have small target radiuses. They're not, they, <laughs> they don't have, you know, they don't have, yeah, they're they're throwing, yesterday they're still throwing deep balls to Jakai Douglas. Who's, so, again, so, Ira, so Ira, I will just tell you this. I crack up all the time when I watch these moments. Um, I think to myself, that's a great catch and a great illustration of how far we have to go. <laughs> Every right, time right. I see it, I'm like, why do we have to make the impossible? Why right. do we? Have, yeah, it's because they don't have anybody. And, um, you know, that's that's the problem. I mean, th- again, influx of talent. When you commit yourself to a major rebuild, which is what Florida State did, the second they fired Willie Taggart, they decided, okay, we are starting over again. Then it just takes time by definition. And it, it is tough because there are all the other things that nobody wants to listen to, which is that his first year is a COVID year. He couldn't visit recruits. Recruits couldn't visit him. There was no chance to actually put together any kind of a class. We've all seen, by the way, across the country, for the most part, if you're a new coach in the early signing period, you have no chance to sign a real class worth a shit. So like this to me is their first year. And in this first year, they made major strides. So let's see if they make those same major, major strides going into the next year. I actually think they will. Um, now they do have to hit that transfer portal. Uh, Ira, they got to get a big time receiver in here. They better bring in an offensive lineman. I personally, people can disagree. I'd bring in a quarterback to compete with Jordan. Cause I don't think they have one on the roster. So I'd bring one in to compete. Um, and, and then from there, you're going to have to replace that defensive line. Pretty much all of whom, uh, who made the biggest impacts this year are gone. Uh, and so you've got to find some guys to give yourself a chance. Yeah, you know the other thing I would you know say in a, well, let me answer this one real quick that he uh, Matthew put up there from Sarah. Uh, once Norvell turns this program around, I believe he will. Do we worry he leaves, or is this a destination job for him? And will he be here for the long term? The reason I wanted to answer that is I do think he's here for the long term. Uh, I don't think he's an NFL coach. I think he's very much like Jimbo, and when Jimbo is focused. Uh, I think Mike Norvell is a college football coach. I think he wants to help players. I think he wants – all of that is not just coach speak. I really believe he wants to be a college football coach, and I do believe he wants to be a Florida State. Um, and there's certainly a, a long way to go in terms of uh, – there's a lot more room for him to grow in terms of salary. It's not, and, and I don't think he's motivated by that like some coaches are. You know, If you remember last year during COVID, Mike Norvell stepped up and gave up a million dollars of his salary so that some of his staff members didn't get hit as much as they did when they did reductions across the whole campus. So I think, um, yeah, I think he wants to be here. If Mike Norvell turns it around, I do think he'll be here for the long term. The, the really the key is going to be next year. Next year is going to be a huge year for him. I mean, it, going from three wins to five wins is like, okay, fine. I don't know what the number is next year, but it can't be another five and six or five or six win season. I don't think for them to be feel, be confident that they could bring him back the next year. So now what are you talking about? Does that have to be seven? Does that have to be eight? And as you said, they are losing some key players. Um, yeah. So it's good. Next year is going to be a huge year for him. He has to kill it in the portal and also in recruiting. So Kyle wrote, I needed some dos artes during the game. <laughs> the dos artes might've been, might've numbed your, uh, we all did. Oh, hold on a second, babe. Will you bring me some dos artes? My beautiful wife, who's the best, woman in the world and puts up with my stupid ass is actually going to just, just a little dos artes for the, for the group chat here. First, I had to get another, another beer here. Uh, I should have a, 
endorsement deal with the founders. I'm not letting you peer pressure me into getting any Don Julio. Oh, unless, buddy, you just unless, brought it up. Unless you start springing for some Dos Artes over my my neck of the neighborhood, I don't. I, I'm, I think I'm done with the tequila for right now. So listen, I will gladly bring some Dos Artes your way. Uh, that was given to me by Chris, who's a wonderful uh, a listener and supporter of Warchant.com. He's a subscriber. He, he loves the Sunday Smash. He might be watching right now. I don't know if he is or not. He may have called it a day. Um, but uh, he brought that from California. Uh, and he lives right there. So, so you know, we, we've got we to gotta do up the Dos Artes. But uh, that said. Hey, what did you – I was going to ask you. And yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But um, no, what do you think about uh, – what are your thoughts? Because we haven't talked yet. You're in Oklahoma. Your Oklahoma's kind of your second team, maybe your second. That is. Or third yeah, team. Well, let me explain to the. Let me explain to. Oh, thank you, my love. Over your dos artes. Oh, buddy. Hey, cheers to everybody out there with the dos artes. By the way, cheers Kim, to you. Kim, uh, Kim went out and bought bought me some shot glasses because she was embarrassed about my uh, having to use the plastic, the plastic yeah. Dixie cups. Look a little sip on the. Hold on, hold on, just a little sip. Hmm. good okay that's a little dos artes for that ass um okay so you asked me about that yeah yeah lincoln what do you think i mean there's got to be a there's got to be a problem there right he's there's got to be something so i reached out to my oklahoma guy so uh, let me explain this uh for people who don't know ira brought up the fact that i'm a big oklahoma guy well my grandma my granddad several other family members extended graduated from oklahoma we had a family farm in Okima, Oklahoma, uh, which is the middle of nowhere. Uh, and when I was a kid, I used to go to Oklahoma all the time um, to, to stay on the farm and hang out. And my granddad was a diehard Sooner. Uh, and he took me to Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Texas, all that stuff. I got to see it. So that is my second team. I do care about Oklahoma. And it sucks they lost last night to Oklahoma State. I kind of thought they would. But anyhow. I was stunned when I saw that Lincoln Riley chose that job. Uh, I thought there were two things in play. I think he wanted to kind of restart the clock, Ira, as coaches say these days, right? Like, okay, so there's beginning to get a little frustration with Lincoln Riley. When they get into the college football playoff, they get blown out. They haven't been able to get stops. This is such a high standard at OU. Also, I don't think he feels like he could ever get out from under the shadow of Bob Stoops. Um, and so to go to California with his style of offense to recruit those athletes, I think he feels like he's restarting the clock. Uh, I, if I were an OU fan, I'd be insulted. Uh, I think it's crazy. OU is a better job. Uh, the original rumor was that OU was, uh, that, that Lincoln was going to take the LSU job, right. which I thought was insane that you would never do. But I can, I guess I can understand if, if they pay him $14, $15 million to live in the better parts of LA. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> That's I, a, I, I, yeah. I had somebody say to me, like, does he really want to live in LA? I'm like, man, he ain't going to be living in like, you know, he's living in fucking in Newport, buddy. He's living where we stayed <laughs> on, for on the, the college. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's living on the beach flying Kobe's. Well, sorry, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like, yeah. he's, he's yeah. living that life. He's living the, yeah, he's living life. that life. Um, the thing, the, you know, but the, the other thing is, I think it's just, I mean, Southern Cal, I mean, we've always thought this, I mean, it's, there's a much better path 
to getting to the playoff. If you have it going Correct. in Southern Cal, as opposed yes. to Oklahoma, now you're going to the SEC, or if he had taken the LSU job. Well, listen, by the way, he made some comments a couple of times, Ira, that cracked me up, by the way, which most of the yeah, people Toby, on this board... Toby said exactly the same thing, yeah. Yeah, so people will crack, will crack up about this because I think <laughs> you and I can appreciate this. He's made a couple of snide comments that I could pull up. I, I can't paraphrase them right here because I don't want to misquote him. But he's made a couple of comments that kind of suggest that he doesn't exactly appreciate the SEC, the fans or the culture in general. Like, I, I think he's like, yeah, no thanks. Uh, you mouth breathers have at it. <laughs> well, and but the thing is, it's it seems – and the reason I think something's got to be going on also, though, is – like they really greased that for him to get the job when Stoops. I mean, they timed everything when Stoops was leaving Correct. so that Lincoln could step right in. Um, I mean, they did everything they could to keep him there and to give him that job. And now, I don't know how many years it is later, um, he's bailing. So, you know, but no, I think you're right, man. I think the, the quarterback situation didn't work out. Um, and so it's just, it feels like maybe, but I, I do wonder if there's something else going on behind the scenes. And how about our guy, uh, Lane Kiffin? Did you see what he tweeted earlier? No. He tweeted a car with a Louisiana license plate. Oh, like, my God. Just no, really? just no comment or anything. Just throws that Are out there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, so my funny. God. I wonder what he does. And then now, so Miami may stick with Diaz, I guess. Well, uh, yeah. So I got into this argument with a friend of mine who's, a, who's a, well, at least Sterling, uh, Paramount Sports, who's, who's brilliant. But uh, I told him three weeks ago, I'm like, you guys are fucked. You're, you're sticking with Manny Diaz. There's no, ch-. like, Andy keeps winning. Like, he's won six out of seven. You're going to fire him. You have a school that doesn't really care about football. They're only, uh, you know, uh, I, I think giving lip service to the fact that they care about football. It just made me laugh. I'm like, they're not firing him. And and they fired the athletic director, which I understand, but you can't get a new athletic director in there in time to be a part of the coaching carousel fight. Yeah, unless you had a, a situation where, you know, there was talk that they might get Gino Toretta as athletic director. He's, he's become a successful business guy. So if he's the guy, then maybe – Maybe he's already had conversations with Cristobal. Then maybe, then maybe there's something that we don't know about behind the scenes. But I, I don't think that's the case. And uh, you know, and, I, and it looks so like. By the way, by the way um, Gino Toretta, who I I, I I have a lot of respect for and I like, um, probably the worst Heisman Trophy winner of all time. But but um, one one thing I'll say is <laughs> this will make you laugh. I was talking with Lee and we were arguing about what was possible at Miami and what's not possible and what Florida state's going to do and all this. And he was coming on with the college sports book. I do this thing with the college sports book. um, As you know, Ira and uh, pre, you know, we do game previews, betting, betting angles and uh, Lee, Lee runs a betting service. And, and so we were arguing back and forth, back and forth and we were getting ready to go on the air and he goes, Hey, uh, Gina Toretta just called me. He wants to talk about this upcoming meeting with the Canes and all this shit. And uh, he said, "I sorry, I can't do it. I gotta, I gotta go on with a guy in Tallahassee." And this is a humble brag. And Gino Toretta goes, "Oh, you're going on with Jeff Cameron? Yeah, oh, tell him." It, it was so funny. Gino goes, "Oh, you're going on with Jeff Cameron? Tell him congratulations and that he's an asshole." <laughs> <laughs> but he meant that like lovingly. But I thought it was so cool. I like Gino. Actually, we get along. Yeah, but maybe he, he's maybe a he'll super get nice the job. guy. Yeah, yeah, maybe he'll get the job. Uh, yeah, so you know, I don't know what's going to happen there. It is crazy how that Florida State has kind of become the more stable, by far, uh, of the programs, and and you know, and I get it. 
the people who are frustrated, I mean, I get the people who are frustrated. It sucks to lose to your rival and, and winning five games and not going to a ball game and all that. But, man, I just, I just think that when you look at where they came from, where they were early this season, how far they've come, and if yeah. you get better players – I mean, I really think that they're going to do well uh, next year. Now, but, but but that's all contingent. They have to get the players. They have to get portal guys. It's not going to be just high school kids. It can't be as no. much as everybody loves Travis no. Hunter and some of these other young kids that they're signing, <laughs> Sam McCall. They have to get some grown men to come in because to the point you just you were making earlier about this game against Florida, and we saw it against Clemson. To some degree, we saw it against NC State even. Uh, and, and I think we saw it against Miami. You 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 have to get grown men to compete with some of these teams. Very much so, Ira. I don't think Florida State is any better than seven and five next year. Um, and, and seven and five, I think is fine, man. Seven and five is fine, but I don't think you can. I think you can tread water for another year, right? Uh, and, and we all have to see how it all plays out. Um, but I just, man, I, I just think people. People don't want to hear excuses. You know, it's funny. I almost tweeted this earlier today. Like, we're in this world now where everybody, anytime you explain anything, like why you didn't win in something, people are like, I'm not into moral victories. And I don't want to hear excuses. And it's like, when, when, like, if, if, if Twitter had been around when the first Rocky came out, people would have been ripping Rocky for not beating Apollo Creed the first time. Like, <laughs> oh, we're not here for moral victories, Rocky. You need to get, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, there's no, there's there's no nuance in, you know with some people it's just you have to win games if you don't win all your games then you you suck and you need to be fired and it's like man they they can't make a change now or and if they, you better hope they don't have to make a change in a year or two because again that just all sets you back well yeah i i would argue that the last thing on earth they can do is make a change right now nor they wouldn't even be thinking no. about it right i mean like no but i mean there are some people and maybe they're trolls, but there are plenty of people that are still you know, beating the drum that, that yeah, these guys most, can't most, get it done. Yeah, most people on social media or in the you know world of commentary are stupid. So it's like you know you you understand that. I mean, I know you understand that, but uh, I mean, I I listen. It's a different conversation. I, I I'll get myself in trouble going on this rant, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. Um, most people are dumb. And, and, and I'm not much better, but I'll just say that uh, like what you're talking about, the lack of patience on social media accounts or, you know, wherever. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the vocal minority of people that just like, it's easy to say whatever you're going to say out of frustration. Right. And I get frustration. I think to your point, understanding and being angry about um, losing games, you know, losses, I bring this up all the time. You know, it's, it's a bit of a, uh, a mantra of mine and, and Tom probably rolls his eyes because he's tired of hearing it. I'm like this dad or this older brother that says it all the time. Um, losses happen for a reason and there are consequences and they elicit emotion. It's like if you understand that something's going to happen and intellectually you go into a game knowing something's going to happen. I'm not talking about this game in particular, just talking about in general that you, you understand like, well, we can't do this and they do this better than us. And what are we going to do? And then it plays out that way. Even if you went into that game with the understanding that all of that was true, you're still pissed. You're still angry because you have to watch it. You have to see it play out. You have to watch a guy miss a tackle. You have to see a guy get 
hit hard. You have to watch a guy make a great catch. You have to see all these things happen. And it causes you to feel an emotional way. And listen, I, I love Florida State. And watching them lose, I do the same dumb shit. I know going into the game, like, oh, we're not capable of blocking their ends. And then when we don't block their ends, I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> and I know, Ira, that we can't block their ends. But I'm the same guy. Even though I'm chastising three-quarters of the people that we're talking about here, I become the same dumbass. I get it. I get it. We're just such simpletons when it comes to our teams and how much we love them and the passion we have for them. And I love Florida State. And watching them not be able to do certain things, it makes you want to lash out. It makes you want to say, well, why can't you? Because they do. This other guy can. But it doesn't work that way. You can't, like, press the magic button and say, call the touchdown play. Or we really need to get a stop. How come we didn't get a stop? Because the other team's on scholarship, too. And they didn't want you to get a stop. And, and they the, have better you know, players. And then, like, the third and 21 or whatever. Oh, or they, now that one, by the way, Ira, that was a toughie. That, <laughs> you kind of got to make a tackle right but, there. But my point is, you have two guys in, I'm in position to make the play. They both don't make the play. A third guy comes in, makes a tackle, but gets carried past the first down marker. That's not on Adam Fuller. No. I mean, it's not no. like – I mean, we've seen them tackle. I just, it was a terrible tackling day for them. I think they were emotionally – I think it's a combination of, man, they fought so hard to get to that moment. My guess is maybe they're a little bit out of gas and tried to kind of overcompensate. They got into the chippiness. And they, but man, they just were all their fundamentals went out the window in that, in some of those moments. And, but that's not on Adam Fuller, but people, you know, again, I, you know, maybe this, this will be, by the way, Ira, this'll be you, a good, this will be a good off season for me to kind of, to decompress a little bit and stop listening to some of the nonsense. Well, listen, listening. I already got in trouble for ripping uh, the fans and for saying things on here that I guess were deemed in excess. Um, yeah. I don't want you to get involved in that either. Let's all decompress. <laughs> Let's just, yeah. But listen, I actually think the year was uh, a success. Nobody wants to hear that. They went five and seven. I think he successfully flipped the culture. I think he successfully got them to buy in, fight, and play hard. I think that next year, if they're able to win in the transfer portal, and they have to, Ira, because they're not good enough, man. This roster is not good. They have got to get deeper, better, and create more competition in practice. The biggest problem this defense faces is a day-to-day incompetence on offense. What they see in practice is nothing like what they see in a game. And that is devastating. And I don't mean that's not a shot. It's not a cheap shot at Jordan Travis. It's an overall assessment of an offense that cannot replicate what they're going to see in a game. Yeah, and I would just one thing I would just say here on that topic, you know, they, and because the season's over, so we can talk about injuries and health. There have been many, a great many practices over the last six weeks, seven weeks, even during these wins, a great many of these practices where you wouldn't believe some of the people rolling on that first team offensive line. I mean, guys that people on this chat, even who are diehard FSU fans, may not even know are on the team. I mean, backups. Uh, I'm talking about Ira Henry, and this isn't an offense to those guys, but Ira Henry and Zane Herring and guys that are not playing have been playing the lion's share of the reps 
in practice because all the starters are so banged up. And yeah. so they, they're just trying to get them to where they're healthy by the end of the week and then they can play. So to your point, the looks that the defensive line is getting sometimes is not and then, oh. and then the offense is having to operate behind that. It's it's, it's a tough situation. You're right, 100. percent And that doesn't even get to the scout team level, which we've talked about before, which is uh, needs to get a lot better as well. So so listen, I don't want to keep us up all night long. I'm watching uh, watching the football game right now, but we we can keep it going here for a second. I see the Sunday Smash prize picks here. Ira, let me tell you, I'm pulling up right here right now while we're talking. Make sure I do this. So let's see. I had a winner and a loser today. I doubled down. I want to make sure I do the right thing. By the way, if you guys are not doing prize picks, you're doing it wrong. Um, here we go. All right. What do I have there? There it was. Oh, God dog it. They're trying to. There, well, while, you're, while you're looking at it. Oh, no, I, I found it. Right. Yeah. Well, I was going to just remind people that there's a there's a code, promo code, reward chant, um, yep. and they'll match your deposit up to 100%. And uh, and th- those are some of the rules that Matthew put up there. Not rules, but kind of how some of the, the high points um, of how it works. You can pick two players or up to five players. And the more players you pick, uh, the yeah. greater return on your investment. So, uh, unfortunately, I lost today because I, I have a willingness to be honest here. But my picks were I had Rob Gronkowski over four receptions. He ended up having – seven receptions and over a hundred yards. He was phenomenal. I got that one, right? I went under Devonte Adams, seven receptions. Unfortunately, he had eight. That one cost me. Hmm. Michael Pittman had four receptions. I bet that he'd have five. I got bent over. I lost, <laughs> I lost $20. Now here's the good news. I also bet Jalen hurts under 190 yards uh, passing because Philadelphia is garbage and he's garbage. And I won that one. And I bet under Mike Evans, 16 and a half yards, he had all of 16, Ira. So I won that one. And uh, because I did, I split 50 50 on the day. I lost $20. I won $40. I'm a plus 20 guy right now. Not bad, buddy. I, I think uh, I got a couple people responded to my, my picks last week where I had Tua. I got all the grief for Tua. And he he came through for me. On the other side of it, though, I had Aaron Rodgers, uh, and he he went way over. I went under. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go. I've got a couple of picks for tonight in the uh, the Ravens game. I'm going. Uh, the line for Baker Mayfield is 196.5 passing yards. I'm taking the under. Yep. And on uh, for on rushing, going with a knoll. I'm going with uh, Devontae Freeman to go over 40 and a half rushing yards. So that's okay. my my combo tonight. I'm hoping. Don- Devon, I feel pretty good about Baker, and I'm hoping Devontae will come through for me. I think he's uh, he's found a new life here in uh, in Baltimore. He has. The only problem is Cleveland has one of the better rush defenses, so uh, that's a toughie. But 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 all right, I like your confidence. I'm going to go believe- under there, Ira. I disagree with you, but hey, that's okay. Um, hey, by the way, Chip writes a question here before uh, we can answer a few more. Yeah, before, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Before we sign up, but we Chip, can leave Chip- the prize picks promo up there. For, uh, yeah, yeah, for leave that up there. That's good stuff. Um, actually that's a really fun, by, by the way, guys, in all honesty, if you're not signed up for prize picks, it's so easy. So fun. You can combo this thing. You can go NFL, NBA, hockey. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to just do pro football, just right. college football, whatever you can, you can do it all. So and people have asked if, uh, if we're going to continue with the Sunday smash after football season, we are, uh, well, after the college football season, we're going to keep doing it. 
and prospects is going to be on board with us. So we'll, yeah, we'll be, we'll be making some selections uh, for some of these other sports as well. Yeah, dude. I love that. Uh, uh, I'm going to get to that. Good job, Matthew. I'll get to that in a second. But by the way, Michael, you know me well. Hey, Jeff, are you putting your money on Cam Newton? So I told everybody when Cam Newton signed with Carolina that you just want a bunch of money betting on the team's foot playing Carolina because he's <laughs> he's uh, an incompetent buffoon and has sucked balls for four years. Um, uh, back to Chip's question here. Uh, by the way, Cam was benched today, uh, as I thought he would be. Uh, why has FSU struggled so badly to keep our offensive line healthy the last several years? I'm going to stop there. It's a much longer question. So Ira, I'm with him. I, it is so maddening to watch them roll Brady Scott out there. It is so maddening to watch them consistently have to worry about whether or not any one of those important guys up front are going to be healthy. Is the answer simply because, and I'm sure you've asked the question, and you talk to all kinds of people behind the scenes. My thought is that the earlier you have to start these guys, the worse off it is because that's a position where you can get beat up. And if you're 18, 19 years old, you do not need to be out there. Um, whether you're talented or not, you're just not grown-ass man enough to be out there against a fourth-year senior, a fifth-year senior, God forbid, a COVID senior. You know, one of these guys that has been eating – and working out in that system for five years, they're going to manhandle you. And I feel like a lot of our guys have been pushed into action way too soon and just gotten beat to hell. Yeah, I think it's a combination. That's a big part of it. No question. Maurice Smith is a guy that had to play basically as a freshman. Darius yeah, he's Washington. not He's not strong and, enough. And dude. these weren't guys. These weren't guys that were super-duper, five-star, ready-made college guys from the beginning. These, these were projects who probably needed to be in the weight room for two or three years. Um, and so that's part of it. The other part of it is in Sage Parish, uh, Matthew, if you check it out, it, Sage Parish uh, responded and said a lot of these guys are being rushed back to play and before they're totally healthy because they don't have anybody else. So you have situations where there have been situations this year where guys like Dylan Gibbons and Devontae Love-Taylor and yeah. uh, where they, they haven't been able to practice. There was a game where Dylan Gibbons, I don't think practiced the entire week. He might have practiced briefly on Friday yeah. and then played the full game on Saturday. And that's what leads to, you know, you're never getting totally healthy. Um, so, no, I think it's those two factors um, as well. Somebody else, there was one more super chat there I wanted to. By the way, thanks, Seth. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, seems like Seth. 2024 is a big year for us. That would be the 2022 class junior season. Agree with Jeff. Seven and five reg regular season needs to happen next year. And then eight, nine wins and 23 building to an ACC championship game push for 2024. Yeah, nobody wants to hear. By the way, thank you so much, Seth. Nobody thanks. wants to hear that. This is, Craig and anybody else, a long-term rebuild. They don't have a lot of talent, period. They've got 16 tight ends. None of them can play. <laughs> so you can go on for days about this. They've got wide receivers. Uh, uh, one and a half can currently play at this level. It's just brutal how far away they are when you start over, start over, start over, start over. That's what Florida State did. I, I'm not making that up. Start over, start over, start over. When you do that, you blow up your classes, you give yourself no chance. Um, I do think, and to his point, I do that this 2022 class, these kids who are freshmen this year, uh, well, the 20, I think the 2021 class, kids who are freshmen this year, and then that's 2022 class, which has a chance to be a huge class when you look at 
you know, some of the guys that are still out there on the table that they may get from Julian Armella to Marvin Jones, to Earl Little, and some of these big-time guys, along with the big-time guys they already have, I do think 23 and 24 look really good. Um, but I also wanted to say um, to the point about uh, um, yeah, just and, and just to the point about this this coming year and then in the year after. Again, I just my only concern is I do think people feel good about the direction of the program. I feel like people like the fact that this team competes. We saw it again on Saturday. They like the, f- the fact that this team fights, and for the most part this year they've been cleaner and smarter. But that won't cut it next year. You know, like that was the improvement for this year. Yeah, but I they mean, lose that entire group that saved their I'll, bacon this year. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just think yeah. that's going to be t- a tough sell if there's not more tangible results last year. So what, what, what do you think? I'm, I'm curious. I mean, we're rounding it out. We're saying goodnight, and we'll do that in a second. But honestly, Ira, like what? I, I, I maybe, maybe if, maybe if this, maybe if you see some real bright spots from these young guys, you know, maybe if, maybe if you go six and six, but you know, man, you look at some of those young guys and you're like, Oh, well, these guys are going to be, you know, kind of like Leonard Hamilton when it was, at, when, you know, and they brought in Bacon and Beasley and you had Jonathan Isaac right, coming. Right, right, right. It wasn't, they weren't where they needed to be, but you could see it coming with some of those young guys. So maybe that's it. Um, but, man, I just – I really think it's going to be tougher and tougher because mostly because that last year screwed them. The COVID year screwed them because nobody nobody will acknowledge two years – they're just going to keep rolling that record, that three Of course, six. it's all nonsense. I and, have a, We have a mutual friend, Ira. We have a mutual friend who texted me yesterday, and we both love this person, and I had I got into an argument with him. And he was like, well, eight and 13 is just not getting it done. And I said, F you, man. What are you, why are you, why do you look at eight and 13? It's not eight and 13. You're going to count that year. You're going to count that year. That's, that's the problem. And one, and last thing, you touched on this earlier. uh, And we're going to write a story about this this week, but this will be the first early signing period that since that went into existence, this, since it went into existence three or four years ago, this will be the first time FSU has a legit chance to have a real early signing period. They haven't had one yet. Every year they've gotten screwed by coaching changes or COVID. So that, 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 that will be huge for them, but it's the first one. Oh, we can't solve the world's problems, Ira. We're going to have to call it a day here. Cause I could keep talking about this for the next two hours, but I don't want to offer that up because I'm yeah, your show tomorrow, time. buddy. Yeah, I do. From tomorrow, from one to three, and and wake up War Chan. I'm sure those guys will be talking about it. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Check out Wake Up War Chan. Check out Iris three two one. I'm sure it's coming, Ira. Three two one. It's already up, buddy. It's already it's up. Out. It's out well, there for the people. Listen, I didn't check back before we started. I apologize. I apologize. Um, and then tomorrow uh, I'm on from uh, one to three. Tom and I will talk about this. You're not going to like what I have to say tomorrow, guys. I thought Florida should have blown us out as I started to watch this game, but that's a different story. Uh, we can debate it. We can argue about it. Um, and I also think uh, I think tomorrow night we'll have the last, I think the last, trench talk with Devontae Love-Taylor. Right. Um, and then plenty of recruiting stuff. Michael's covering all the recruiting stuff. The coaches, FSU's coaches are all on the road visiting prospects across Thank the God. country. And uh, so uh, if you go check out the premium recruiting board, Michael's got – uh, the latest on what's going on there, and then also the transfer portal. So lots of I stuff great, over at Champ. I had a great interaction. People are going to be surprised to hear this. I had a great interaction with Michael recently, um, and we were talking about recruiting. We were getting after it. We were really getting – and Michael had some cool things to say. So uh, you were, check uh, out. 
you were following the kitties, huh? I was following the kitties.com. Uh, you know, ever since the website merged with Warchant, you know, I have to do less of it, but I, I do care deeply about where these kids are going because I know it's the be all end all. And uh, Michael and I actually had a phone conversation. There you go, guys. Michael and I were on the phone together talking about players. This is how invested I am right now and getting this shit right. We got to make sure we get these players in here. You're this like, is, this you're is like, honey, huge. You're like, honey, get Langston on the phone. <laughs> I mean, well, give me some of that tequila. Get oh Langston my, on the phone. Hey, babe, give me some of the Dos Artes <laughs> and Langston on the phone because this shit ain't going to fly. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was two series in. It's the first that was, quarter. That was the third quarter of the game. I went, what the fuck? <laughs> Honey, give me some Dos Artes and Langston. All right, Rochefell, Director Matthew, and all of you, we love you. Be good, man. Peace, good holes. Bye, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow.